Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. He's been talking to me about training your spirit. And I've been aware of the amazing grace of God. In fact, we were driving in this morning and we saw this little girl. I guess she was about two, she looked, and she was pushing a little pram. And Rod started to talk to me about children. And at the same time as I was thinking how God showed up in my life when I was probably about three, I was looking at this little girl and I was thinking, I hadn't actually asked him to show up. At least I didn't think I had. But, you know, sometimes I think that we forget that it's got our spirit life has anything to do with natural age. You know, and we have to kind of shift. Like, you may feel, well, I thought I was going to be here a long time ago, or I thought it was going to be my book or my song or whatever that God was going to use to open up the realm of the Spirit. But you see things in the Spirit. And oftentimes, I think we think things are going to happen when we think they're going to happen. And so I'm going to share some scriptures. There's quite a lot to go through. Some of them I have shared before. And I've emailed them to Elizabeth and asked her to pop them up on the screen. Because we're talking about training. And I'm not talking about, you know, getting on a train to have a train wreck. I'm not talking about that kind of training, like the Pullman's train or whatever it is, the Eurostar Yahoo. (laughs) Sorry, I mustn't go there. I know. But glory to God is all I'm going to say right now. But I, I just want to have as an introduction, I want you to look at these scriptures, in, um, and maybe you can open your Bibles or mark them out in your Bibles, because your heart is really crucial. If you're going to train your spirit, you're going to have to learn to go from your heart, whether it's singing, whether it's writing, whether it's speaking, whatever it is, and you're going to have to watch over your heart with all diligence. Okay, so I was just looking up these scriptures, and it's just something to get you started as we kind of go into the Word and we see how God leads us. Luke 21 says, take heed to yourself and be on guard. Take heed to yourself. And then obviously we know Philippians 4, 7. I I don't know if you can put these scriptures up in full, maybe Elizabeth, just to help everybody. It's just kind of an introduction to kind of get you started. But we're talking about training ourselves, not getting on a train, having a train wreck. We're talking about what we think about, what we speak to, what we do, because we know that our life changes when our thought life changes. And my big prayer for you all is that your thought life begins to change. And I realized something the other day, that if you suddenly start losing your peace... What have you been thinking about? You've been worrying. You've been getting fretful. You've been getting offended. You've been getting concerned about the future. And I know when we were up at the barn about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, and Rod woke me up and said, we're out of Europe. And I just felt this incredible, extraordinary release of freedom in the spirit realm. I felt it. And I said to him, my gosh, a door has opened in the realm of the Spirit. Now we can be who we're supposed to be. Now I can rise up 
and, and I can be myself, and this nation can be, my, can be itself. And the DNA in this nation, the strength that God has put in this nation, can rise up. And I just felt this incredible, wonderful feeling. And I got up, and I don't think we had the puppies, I don't remember. But anyway, I was in my office on the other side, praying and being alone, and just having an amazing time with the Holy Spirit. And he was giving me things, and, and, and literally washing me. Uh, and I, gosh, you know, so there are times when you get with the Holy Spirit in prayer, and you actually feel like he's right there with a hosepipe all over you. It's quite extraordinary. It's hard to put it in English words or find the words. And if you haven't experienced that level of prayer, then I really highly recommend that you go and get alone with God a bit more. There's no good doing it when the TV's on. It's no good doing it around something else. You've got to get alone. God is actually quite jealous of you. He's very focused on you because he loves you so much. He's kind of addicted to you, if you like. And so he just keeps looking at you and watching you. And when you get alone, you can give him your full focus. And there's just, it's just different what happens when you're on your own with God. So uh, I, I was kind of enjoying that, and I didn't want anybody else in that time. And uh, as I was doing that, um, I had a text come in on my phone, and and I, I think I mentioned it last week, Premier Radio came on, and they said, would you come on the show, and would you explain your reaction? And I just texted back, I was just so excited. I said, well, sure, I'm really excited. Why don't you just let me pray over the nation? Because I saw the opportunity to pray over the nation. So they said, yeah, that'd be great. You know, when can you do it? So I said, well, it has to be before 12, because I thought Rod wanted to leave by 12 to get back to London last week. So... They came back and they said, 11.20, 11.40 is fine. I said, 11.20 is fine. It was only about 20 minutes before it. So I just started preparing myself. And it's interesting, the pull to the media, because it starts to pull on your performance level. And so you want to do a good job performance level. But I said, God, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. I want to keep enjoying the fellowship and the communion I'm having with your Holy Spirit. I really want that. I want that for our church. I want that for our nation. I want the rest of the world to see the fellowship we have, the unity we have with heaven, that we're not afraid to call it like it is. We're not afraid of the giants in the continent. We're not about to put ourselves, we might be a remnant, but we're not about to put ourselves under anything. But we're going to hold steady. So I realize I've got to train myself in this more. And that we need to train ourselves more in this. And if you turn with me over to Exodus 16, you see how God trained his people. And I know I've read this before, this passage, and I've taught on the power of overcoming. But, you know, this is kind of like the overcoming test that we're in, that we're moving into. And uh, so I want you to watch over your heart. I want you to take heed to yourself. And I want God's peace to be yours. And if you get out of peace, check yourself what's going on. Are you offended? Why are you upset? Why are you struggling? You know, and I've learned that from Rod. He has great peace. And one of our plumb lines is to not, not get offended by anything. So over here in Exodus 16, this is the whole book in the Old Testament, about 
really how you overcome. Don't you all want to overcome? I want to overcome. I feel like I've overcome quite a lot, but I know I've got a lot more to go. And God was talking to, um, through Moses to the Israelites, and Exodus 16, 16, it's easy to remember. This is what the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather, what? Gather the manna. Gather as much of it as he will need, an omer for each person, according to the number of your persons. Take it, every man, for those in your tent. In other words, you put, if you translate this into Revelation, I have to get enough word for me and my house, for you as a church, for the ministry, for whatever God's called me to. I have to get enough word sufficient, but I have to do it every day. I can't, I can't just say, it's good what I got yesterday. And when you, I haven't got time to go through all this because I want to get to something else. But I want you to see this principle because first of all, you know, as we look back at, at words that we've had each month, I was looking up, like in January when we started this year, I gave the word courage. And I said we were to think big. And in February, I gave the word decision. I'm not going to go through all of them. I'll jump to May, which was celebrate. And last month, we were in Cyprus, so I didn't do it. But this month, I want you to start thinking about how can you train your spirit more? How can you, you know, we know that we're spirit, soul, and body. We're a three-part person. We've just had a wonderful weekend at the barn teaching on healing. And there's, it's just kind of healing in the air up there. It wasn't you, actually. It was somebody else came to me, but you came as well. But somebody came and said, I just love being at the barn. I can hear clearly. And there are places that God has deposited anointings, and he's giving an anointing to us as a church to sing songs, like the song you sang this morning, like the song you, songs you sing, Lucy. He's giving us this access to this place in the Spirit where we're kind of catching the rhythm and the flow and the chorus of songs. And we're beginning to become overcomers all the time in every area, whether it's sickness, whether it's job black, money lack stuff, whether it's our health, whatever it is, whether it's relationships, we're working things out. We're being authentic. What I love about um, Ray Hughes coming, he's extraordinarily authentic. So you actually feel God just in a conversation with him. I love that about Rick Joyner. I sent my, a, a note to Rick Joyner from uh, Cyprus, but my emails weren't working when we were in Cyprus. And Rod had emailed him about a week later about something. And he asked Rod, I had an email from Julie, but my reply bounced back. Well, I had never heard, so I figured. Because, you know, in yourself, you think, well, why would anybody as big as him want to talk to me or bother to respond? Because we, in our own sight, we're like these little tiny people. We're just the grasshoppers. These are the giants. But um, God began to talk to me and got on my case and said, listen, I've had you write your story because it's going to help people. And so I want you to email him. So I did. I said, hey, Rick, I know you've been talking to Rod, but, um, and I know he just likes one-liners. So here's my email. Sorry, my things have been going wrong. But would you write a recommendation for my book? Because this man carries a heart for music. I'm not just looking for big names. I'm looking for people with the right heart. 
And I was gobsmacked because he came back. He said, yes, I would be honored to write a recommendation for your book. But he said this. He said, I don't recommend anything I haven't read. I was just totally gobsmacked. Because I have some really good friends in ministry, and they're international, and they're this, that, and the other. And they say, write what you want, and I'll sign it. And I've learned to do that myself in some areas, to cut corners. And God began to deal with me about integrity. So I then sent him the PDF of the book, and he's written back and said, okay, give me a couple of weeks, and I'll write something. You know, I must tell you something. There's integrity, and I'm not just boosting my husband. There's integrity in this man between him and God and what's right. And he does his best to love you all. Okay, but don't get the wrong idea. He is a man of integrity. And it's a wonder to live with him and watch him. Uh, And it's amazing. The humility of the rod of God. So we've begun with our introduction. Okay. So, I felt like I wanted to share with you about Exodus 16, 16. If you're having a problem finding how to overcome your obstacle course, and listen, we all have an obstacle course. We all do, in various ways. You know, you may think like, you look at other people and you think, oh, they've got it all together. But listen, these guys here, you can see it up here now again, it's good. They did not listen to Moses. So some of them left the manna until the morning and it bred worms. Listen, whatever God's told you to do, do it. I'm going to be tough about this, but whatever God's told you to do, do it. Do it with all of your strength and all of his grace and all of the might he gives you. But do it. Don't do it tomorrow because it might not be the right timing. Okay? You're kind of looking at me stunned, some of you. But I feel this new strength to speak for God. And it happened at Premier when I said, God, I don't want to do this. I'm having such a good time with you at the barn. I'm having such a good time of prayer. And he said, well, who is going to speak for me if you're not? I said, well, you've got thousands of people. He said, no, I've got you right now. I've got your attention. So I did it. And I was glad I did it because I spoke out boldly that it was a good thing that we've come out of Europe. They don't honor God. So how on earth is it going to be a situation where it's built on a solid foundation? Anyone that doesn't honor God, you've got to start drawing some lines in the sand. Anyone that doesn't want to walk in obedience, it's going to get nasty. It's going to stink of worms. It's going to be bad. It's going to be disobedience. So Exodus 16:16 is a really important book to understand you've got to get enough for you. I can't fight Rod's battles with his body, but I can pray for him. I can't fight yours with your marriage, but I can pray for you. I can't fight Lucy's with her career and the hugeness that it looks, but I can pray. But I have to get the right word from God. So we're going to kind of look at that a little bit about positioning. So first of all, number one, Am I looking at my problem the way God is looking at it? And if you are, you've got a word, you've got a promise that you're standing on, that you're praying. Or am I looking at it from an earthly perspective? Oh, it's so terrible. 
Oh, it's so difficult. Oh, it's so hard. Oh, I'm so alone. Oh, God, I can't do this on my own. Have you even got over the I can't syndrome? Some of you know that my maiden name was Can. And I did not like that name. Our full name was Parker Can, so I used to kind of ease into the English, I'm Judy Parker Can, and kind of drop the can. But God used to keep saying to me, you can. In fact, Gosha and Debbie, since they've known me, they're always saying, you can do this. You can. I always think I can't do what I'm supposed to do. So maybe you make yourself a note. What is it I'm saying I can't do? Well, I can't do this. Yeah, you actually can. Through God, you can do anything. Rod's been teaching from Genesis 11. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. If you can think it, you can do it. It's like if I couldn't imagine myself like he was sharing about, I forget who it was, Bob Harrison, I think. It was someone anyway, or Happy Caldwell. They went to Hawaii and they saw this house and they said, oh, I could never imagine living in it. And God said, well, you never will. God spoke to them. Happy Caldwell. Well, you know, it's no good me saying, I can't imagine myself giving millions away because I never will. I got to keep giving what I have. I've got to keep praying. I've been amazed at some of the prayers. So the overcoming test is, are you going to be obedient? So let's turn over and um, let's go over to Luke 5 for a moment. Um, You know, they did not listen to Moses. Now, look, remember the story in Luke 5. I think we're all pretty familiar with this, that while the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the message of God, in other words, to hear the word, people come to hear the word. You want to hear the word that God has given us, eh? You listen to the podcast. You go places because you like the words people speak. You, you separate yourself from the judgment situation and from being critical and you just come because you want to hear the word. You get yourself in a good spirit. We're talking about training your spirit. If you don't know the logos of the word, and you're not hearing good word, you know, that's like step one. Position yourself in a place where you can hear good word. So the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the message of God, and he was standing by the lake. I mean, he was just so normal when he was on the earth. Okay, And he saw two boats drawn up by the lake, but the fishermen had gone down from them, and they were washing their nets. I mean, they were down. And getting into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon Peter, and that's so interesting to me, because sometimes I think we just totally miss God because he's so blatantly right in front of us. He's just right in front of us all the time. He's here. He's with us. He's in us. And... Even the accidental things, aren't, Proverbs 16 says, are ordered by him. So I'm ever looking out and looking at, I see signs on uh, things. I don't try to be prophetic or try to look. I just, I'm aware God is talking. God is with us. That's kind of a plumb line. God, whether we go to a YWAM boat in the middle of Africa and Sierra Leone, wherever we go, New Guinea, I think. Where did you go, Anne? You've been... Was it Guinea? 
I mean, you have to understand, we've been old friends. We've prayed together from years ago when prayer for the nation started. In fact, God started training my spirit to hear the Logos and hear the Rhema, just to interject the story in the middle of Luke 5. He began teaching Rod and I and the team, the prayer for the nation's team, about spiritual mapping, about how to change a city. You know, God will take your prayer life from whatever you're praying about now, from from little things to really big things. And it gets scary. You want to change your nation. How many of you want to change your nation? Not everybody does want to, okay? But there are ways to do it. There's ways to understand it. Do the spiritual mapping. and, And we learned a lot of things. But anyway... The people pressed in to hear the Logos of the Word. Rod mentioned yesterday during the healing WLI teaching, it went so well that, you know, faith comes alive where the will of God is known. If you don't know what God's Word says, how on earth are you going to step into the inheritance he's got for you? You see, so these people, Simon Peter in particular, full of his doubt, Jesus said, give me a boat. I mean, I've, I know when the Lord has said to me, give away your best dress or give away this or whatever it is, I felt my first reaction has been like, that's mine. <laughs> you know, I don't want to do that. You know, and he'll, he'll, he'll say, give me that, give me that. Let me use that. You know, what, what, what can God use? And you get to a place where you say, okay, fine, you can use whatever you want. I'll die to my expectation of whatever this should be, and you have your way. So here, Simon Peter, I don't know how he felt, really. Maybe he didn't feel that way. But, you know, it was, it was a particular day. It was a strategic day that day. Jesus sat down in verse 3, and he committed... He continued, excuse me, to teach the crowd of people from the boat. He just pulled back in the boat. And when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a haul. (laughs) Now, you know this story. Simon Peter said, you've got to be kidding, like we would say. We've toured. I've been at this all night, exhausting me and caught nothing in our nets. But on the ground of your word, I will lower the nets again. And this was the verse that got me back to England when I lived in sunny California. I was sitting there and I used to seek the Lord every day for wisdom from the word and have him teach me whatever he, and I didn't understand all the stuff in Isaiah. And you've heard me say it before where he'd say, I'll make you a sharp, threshing instrument having teeth. And I was having major teeth problems. My gums were bleeding and they wanted $10,000 to fix it. And I didn't have $10 spare. And so I had my challenges. And then when God started talking to me about coming back to England, all I could think about was, I don't want to go back to England. Everybody's sick and unemployed and negative And I like California. I like walking the beach. Didn't you girls love it? Didn't you love my beach? It's my beach, Zuma, and Malibu. That's mine. I own it. I walked it. I mean, I didn't just pray there. I owned that place. That was, that was the place I met with God. And, so, and these girls went last year, and some of you are coming again this year. And um, I remember thinking, 
you know, you must be joking. My mother wrote to me from Norfolk one Christmas, and she said, oh, dear, the plumbing has gone. We've, we've had a bit of a freeze-up at home, and the pipes have burst, and the plumbing's gone, and there were so many negatives. And I just thought, oh, shame, Mum. And I just put the letter in a drawer. I'm serious. I didn't care. Come on, Jamie, let's go out to the beach for the day. <laughs> Jamie was about five, you know, and he was, he was complaining, oh, the sand's too hot, you've got to carry me, he used to say. He used to, if he's listening to this. He wouldn't do that now, but he did in those days. But anyway, so I used to go to the beach a lot. <laughs> and God, God gave me this passage to read one day, Luke 5, and I remember reading it and thinking, you know, gosh, I don't want to go back to England, do I? Why would I want to go back there? And the Lord said, reach out, put your net out, put it out on the other side. And I was thinking about this when I was reading it yesterday and this morning. You know, Simon Peter, what happened was, the, 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 the catch that they got, if you read down in verse 6, 7, let me just read a bit. And when they had when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and as the nets were at the point of breaking, they signaled to their partners. Now, this is not believers and partners, if you actually go into it and study this all out, as I did at one point. This is other people who are fishing. It's just the local people. This is just like having 10,000 people come to our Sunday morning services because they love the worship, they love the music and the message. And we have to say to everybody around the block, hey, we need some help. We need you to feed these people. We need you to help them. This is just getting a bigger vision. See, we've moved into this year, and everything's different. We've moved into this summer, and even this month, everything is different. I mean, yes, happy independence to everybody. Be independent. Be independent of anything that's bogging you down. You know, God gives us wisdom. And he gives us great wisdom. And there's something he wants. He wants to break into our lives in such a big way. And when I see what happened, they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and take hold of them. And then they came and they filled both the boats so that they began to sing. I mean, that's a big harvest, Lucy. That's like millions of people are listening to your songs, Kenny. Come on. Eska, come on. You know, we're not struggling for some marketing plan with a bit of social media and 50 quid deposits. It's like huge. It's like huge. God's moved. I'm expecting God to move. And for me, that means something big time. Big time. I'm expecting him to come mightily. I'm expecting him to come and strengthen this whole nation in a big way. In a big way. Wake up. Wake up, nation. I hear myself calling, come on, rise and shine, rise and shine. In fact, we gave, I'm going to give this to you, Kenny. We gave these away. I, I recorded this so long ago. It's just a prayer saturation thing. But, I mean, I just saw in my spirit an assignment from God. You know, rise and shine. Depression is gone. Muslim prayers, never mind. God bless you. You know, we bless you. I saw something new happening. And, and you see these guys, 
Look what it says in verse 8. When Simon Peter saw what was happening, are you going to have to see what's happening? Are you going to have to see what's happening? Then what did he do? He fell down at Jesus' knees. He fell down on his knees. He humbled himself. He was just like, oh my gosh. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. What happened? He got a revelation of abundance. You know, some of us might have a check for 100000 and go, wow, and get blown away. You know, money is not the issue with God. The issue is your stewardship of what you have. The issue is, what are you going to do now to show your strength and your faith? And Simon Peter was so blown away, he just, he just wept. And Jesus said to him in verse 10, have no fear. Have no fear. And that's what I said to them on premiere and to the nation. We must not be afraid of the future. You must not be afraid of lack. You must not be afraid of sickness. You must not be afraid of your circumstances. You must have no fear. You must have no fear. You must have no fear. And I think that coming to the most challenging point of your life is a good thing. And maybe you could pray that, you know, that I want to come to the point of my life. So, I'm just going to finish up with Acts 27. I don't have time to read all these places, but I want you to begin to understand what it means to be an overcomer from Exodus 16. 16. You're going to have to get the word, the manna for yourself. You're going to have to get it daily. It's not that the word God has already given you has gone stale. But it's crucial that you stay in the word and you engage because he's building, he's doing a work in our day that's more than we can imagine. He told me I'm going to see more in my day than I ever saw with the Beatles. That was a long time ago, the 60s. God told me that in the 80s. You're going to see more in your day than you ever saw. I laughed. Do you know what I saw? So every billboard in London with their name on it. I'd take the bus from Mayfair to St. John's Wood, and there'd be front page news, they'd be all over the all over the billboards, everywhere. People were playing the music everywhere. London was a happy place to live. It wasn't like it is now, but it's gonna become. It, it was just different. And so I laughed at God. I was like Sarah, I kind of laughed. Like he didn't see it. Like he didn't initiate it. So, think about what I'm saying. Read, read Exodus 16 for yourself and think about, do I have enough word to get to overcome? Am I, am I well fed enough? Have I got enough word in my heart and in my mind, in my spirit? Am I training my spirit? Okay, am I training my spirit? Because it's about your spirit. My body wants to do things that my spirit says, that doesn't feel right to me. And so I have to go the way of my spirit. I don't always want to. I'm just the same as you. But I have to. 
do what my spirit says to. And if my spirit's on fire and it's jiggling up and down and stuff is happening on the inside, you know what? I've got to disassociate from everything and I've got to pray and find out, am I doing something wrong? Am I listening to the wrong people? Am I going in the wrong direction? Am I about to shipwreck myself? So basically what I wanted to get to is this in in Acts 27 and just leave you with two or three thoughts about avoiding shipwreck. Because God's getting ready to big time help us. Big time open doors. Uh, And some of you in here are, are really in an extraordinary place standing on the precipice, if you like, of a huge place. A huge place. And what I read last night was just so good. First of all, I read in Acts 27, and it was like, this is where Paul was going to be put in this boat. And verse 4 talks about, after putting out to sea, they passed from the south side of Cyprus. Because I've been thinking about this. While I was in Cyprus, I had my little travel Bible, and I was showing Lord, look at the places Paul journeyed. I I don't know, maybe you're not like me. I've just never bothered to look at those maps (laughs) in my Bible. I just thought, that's boring. He wants to look at maps. But I did. While I was there, and I went, oh, look, he came all around the south side of Cyprus, right? where He probably walked down this road, walked along this beach. You know, and you start thinking a bit differently. And so I just want to encourage you, start thinking differently. Start making some decisions. I'm not offended about anything. I have enough word. I see myself the way God sees me. I I don't say, oh, look at the giants. I say, and I'm a grasshopper. I say, you know what? I see a few grasshoppers out there. I think I just better walk with a giant and they better be moved. I better not think of myself more highly as I ought. I better just humble myself because it's easier to humble yourself than be humiliated. So, um, Acts 27. So they were putting out to sea and they were going by Cyprus. Now look at the first thing. Paul, this is really the overcomer's test. First of all, Paul's looking at life through the prophet's eyes. Verse 10, saying, Sir, I perceive after careful observation that this voyage will be attended with disaster and much heavy loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but of our lives. He, he began to see in the spirit. I, I just, I just want to say, we, we are entering into a time of extraordinary blessing, but we also need to be really aware There's some serious big obstacles to overcome. And number two, verse 11. However, the centurion paid greater attention to the pilot. The centurion paid greater attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than what Paul said. Listen, I was taught when you get on a plane... Pray in the name of Jesus that it won't take off, if it won't land safely and fly without incident. It won't take off. And I remember, 
I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, sitting on a plane at LAX, and this thing just kept revving up, revving up, and I thought, something's wrong with this plane, and this plane is not going to take off if it's not going to fly safely, and it didn't. So I'm going to say to you, <clears throat> it's not that it's, it's not that it's, it's not that we don't want to pay attention to the pilot or the doctor or the lawyer or whoever it is professionally in our lives, speaking the wisdom into our life. But we need to hear from God. And we need to know God's word for ourselves. Okay? So if you look down in verse 13, here's another deal. I can't go into all of this, but read it for yourself, Acts 27 and 28. But let me just say this. It says, So when the south wind blew softly, you know, when it begins to look like everything's going right, when it begins to look cool and, okay, that feels right, that doesn't mean you should go that way. It doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. And I just want to really pray for you that you will be people who will wait. Because if I'd done some things a year ago, my life would be a mess right now. And I've waited and waited and waited. As you work with people that God sends you, they're the best. God sends you the best. He does. I just feel like maybe the Lord wants you to stand up right now. I have no idea what the time is. I don't know where we are. I never worry about that, but I'm so glad you're playing. Stand up and let the Holy Spirit just begin to minister to you. That you're ready to get on a collision course with God. Because when the gentle wind began to blow, they thought they had obtained what they wanted. But that doesn't mean that's the way you go. It's foolish to ignore what God says because you may be caught up in a greater storm. And most of you know the story of what happened. They got into this terrible, terrible storm where they were throwing things off the boat and they were, the, the, the people on the boat were trying to escape and get out of it. But they had chosen to go with what seemed like a soft wind, what seemed like a good thing. Now, don't let any confusion come in because some of you have made decisions and it's hard and it's turned out to be tough. I'm not saying you've done the wrong thing. I'm just saying I just feel we need the Holy Spirit's help right now. So let's just pray. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and help us. I'm going to read First Thessalonians 5, 12 and 3 that says, 12 and 13, says, we beseech you, brethren, get to know those who labor among you. Recognize them for what they are. Acknowledge and appreciate and respect them, your leaders who are over you in the Lord. I'm not saying Rod and I are going to have all the answers for you, but I'm saying find agreement. I, I, I go to people who are our peers and I ask them, what do they think? I remember... Cindy telling me, Cindy Jacobs telling me that um, Lou Engel rang her before the call and said, I've spoken to a major leader in California and he doesn't think I should do the call on Labor Day Monday because it's a holiday, it's a bank holiday. So I don't think I should do it. What do you think? And Cindy said to him, what did God tell you to do? And he said, God told me to go to the mall in Washington and pray for the next generation. 
And Jamie and I went, that Lord sent Jamie and I to that in 2002. And 400,000 young people showed up fasting and praying. Now, see, I know in my heart we need to go fill up Hyde Park with worship and songs and prayers and holy things. I know we need to do it. I know God's leading us as a flagship of worship and prayer. In fact, when you were singing your song this morning, I was thinking, oh, wow, that's a prayer. That's a prayer. That's a wonderful prayer. And I was thinking about Lucy, and I was thinking about her song, and I was thinking, they're wonderful prayers. So I just feel like we could just take a few moments and we can just get on a collision course with God and persevere. Because remember what he said in Luke 5, nevertheless, on the ground of your word. You know, if you haven't seen your dream come to pass, just go again. I had Anne Granger in my spirit this week. I can't tell you which day. I can't remember. And I was thinking, oh, it would be so nice to see Anne. And when Rod said, you'll never believe who's here. You have to understand this is an old friendship situation. But God's put things on your spirit. And Lord, I ask you right now to bring to remembrance the things that you put on their hearts. I ask for the reality of heaven. Father, that we would learn what it means to overcome things. That we wouldn't go with the first soft wind we would go the right way in Jesus name we believe you've really enjoyed this message for further information visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 